Hey, everybody, if you want to tell the world something or sell the world something, head on over to Squarespace because they're going to help you build the website of your dreams. Say you want to sell some custom merch. Well, you can set up your online store, whether you sell physical, digital, or service products. Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. So go to squarespace.com stuff right now, and you will face a free trial. And when you get ready to launch, use our offer code STUFF, and then you'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. How could you go wrong with Squarespace? Hey, and welcome to The Short Stuff. I'm Josh. There's Chuck. Go, go, go. Let's go. This is Josh. That's Ch- Man, I just did it again. Do you want to start over? Sure. Hey, and welcome to the short stuff. I'm Josh. There's Chuck. There's Chuck. Chuck, I did it again. Hey, and welcome to the short stuff. I'm Josh. There's Chuck. Let's get started. Perfect. No one will ever know. Thank you. So uh, this is put together by our buddy Dave Ruse for HowStuffWorks.com, and this is a great one about the at symbol. Mm -hmm. And I love this stuff. These are the ones that are those uh, nice little dinner party nuggets that you can whip out in 2021. Uh, uh, right. <laughs> when you can eat dinner with humans again. That's not, ob- <laughs> that's not obnoxious. It's not one of those that makes people roll their eyes. It's a little one where people go, oh, that's a really cool little nugget. Thank you for that. Give me an example of an obnoxious one. Kind of 90% I, I of know, what we do. <laughs> I know what you mean, but like what is it? What, give me an example. Because I know what you mean, but I can't put my finger on it. Do we have time? I know this is a short story. I don't – I can't think of a specific example, but it's also in the delivery too. Yeah, for sure. And the one – the one way you're guaranteed to be obnoxious is if someone says something kind of cool and you go, well, actually – Yes. And then say anything else. There's a life lesson from Chuck right there. Never say, well, actually, to any human. So um, that's true. Or push your glasses up while you're saying that, right? Right. That's another two-word combination that's awful, like uh, root canal. Root canal, yep. Well, actually. Well, actually, what we're talking about is the (laughs) at symbol. And in America, we have uh, the most boring name for a symbol that's basically everywhere in the world that has a better name for it than in America. We just call it the at symbol. It's really... Functional and functionary, I think. So let's let's go around the world, shall we, Chuck? Let's start off in Germany. Yes, if you go to Germany, you would call it the Klammerafa, <laughs> the spider monkey. Sure. Well, you have to say spider monkey in a German accent, too. Spider monkey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in Israel, it's called a strudel. Yeah, sure. Because it does kind of look like a, a, a strudel a little yeah. bit. Um, what about in Hungary? Well, in Hungary, you're going to go with a kukak. Or a kook, or the, I don't know if it's a kook, kukach. Let's go with that. It's a worm. It sounds, sounds way more Hungarian. Uh, what about in in Norway? Norway, it's a pig's tail, which is a grizhal or grizhala. Yes. Uh, and then it's a ghoul or rose in Turkey. So That's everywhere. Right. And in Spain, it's called an aroba. And the reason that Spain is worth calling out, it's actually in the title of this How Stuff Works article from Ruse, um, is because they think that aroba is actually the oldest name for that symbol that we call the at symbol in the entire world. That's right. Uh, if you go to Spain or any kind of Spanish-speaking country now, and you go to a market, let's say, you will see this sign uh, called the aroba, and it is 
uh, depending on where you are, what Spanish-speaking country you're in, um, it, it is, it's a quantity. So if you go to Bolivia, let's say, and you want potatoes, you could get uh, one aroba of potatoes. It's about a bushel, or an aroba of oil is about three gallons. Okay. So now that you know that, you can translate an aroba into absolutely anything you find in the market, right? I guess. No. No? no the answer is no. <laughs> because for some weird reason, an aroba of oil is about three gallons or so, oh, 11.3 liters. Yeah. An aroba of wine is over four gallons. It's 15.1. This makes zero sense at all. Yeah, I think you just have to know what product you're getting, what an aroba is equivalent to. Yes, you do. And that's weird because measurements are meant to standardize things and you standardize liquid or you standardize mass. But the the Spanish said, no, we're not doing that. We're going our own way. Um, why don't you just have some of our delightful tapas and stop complaining? <laughs> that's right. But Ruse dove in and uh, got his hands on a book from Keith Houston or Houston, uh, Shady Characters, colon, the Secret Life of Punctuation, Symbols, and Other Typographical Marks. Mm -hmm. And in that is a two-part history of the at symbol where Mr. Houston or Houston, I'm not sure which one it is. I'm going with both. Houston. I think George is the only place in the world that pronounces it Houston. Really? Oh, wait, no. That's what they call that street in New York too, don't they? Houston Street, yeah. You say yeah, Houston okay. Street in New York, they're like, get a rope. Hey, is that at the corner of Houston and Avenue of the Americas? <laughs> and you know, I was referencing the famous Pace Picante commercial. Oh, yeah. New York City. <laughs> Get a rope. So anyway, uh, Greeks and Romans, Mr. Houston points out, was, were the first people that were trading these commodities uh, in markets and using something called uh, amphorae as the measurement. Uh, it was the ceramic, sort of long neck ceramic jar. Mm -hmm. that with was the two handles. Yeah, with the two handles called an um, um, sorry, amphorae. Yeah, that's plural. Right, and that was about seven gallons. So that was Greece and Rome. Then the Spanish and Portuguese picked it up for their commodities, uh, but they called it the aroba. They did, but not at first. Apparently, aroba is, comes from um, the Arabic for uh, al-rub, which means one-fourth or a quarter. And the um, ancient Portuguese and Spanish traders uh, worked pretty closely with some of the Moors who lived in the area as well and actually ran the place for about 700 years or more. Get it? Or more? Mm-hmm. And so the, the, that Arabic re, it rubbed off, Al Rub rubbed off onto the Spanish and the Portuguese. I don't know where all this wordplay is coming from. It's <laughs> making me panic a little bit. But the point is, is an aroba did not necessarily stand in for amphorae. It meant a quarter of something or about 25 pounds. And then eventually it somehow made the switch over to be the same thing as an amphora, which again is that vessel that's used for storage, but also a unit of measurement, usually a liquid measurement. And the, some a researcher figured out that somewhere between the Middle Ages and the Renaissance, amphora and aroba became synonymous with one another. That's right. And we're going to take a little break, and we'll tell you what all of this has to do with the at symbol right after this. Well, now when you're on the road... 
driving in your truck why not learn a thing or two from josh and chuck it's stuff you should know all right when you think about the future what kind of technology do you envision whatever the future holds artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode... Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more, while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Altoids because, let's face it, unraveling the mysteries of the universe is tough work. But with Altoids, your breath will be stronger than a black hole's gravitational pull, more intense than an alien abduction, and more reliable than your phone's battery during a podcast marathon. When it comes to needing intense freshness, Altoids have you covered. Altoids are stronger than your favorite conspiracy theory, more intense than the latest true crime docuseries, and more reliable than a Bigfoot sighting. They're not just mints, they're curiously strong mints. Find Altoids in the checkout aisle. Grab your tin today. Alrighty. So we've been talking a lot about these words that are units of measurement. Mm-hmm. But what does this all got to do with the at sign? What we call the at sign. Uh, an Italian historian found this out in 2000, a man named Giorgio Stabile. Nice. He's a professor of history and science, or history of science, at uh, La Sapienza University mm-hmm. in Rome. Mm-hmm. And he found a letter from 1536 that showed the at symbol as used as a shorthand for amphorae. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the like, guy- there it is, the first one. Yeah, the the guy who wrote the art, wrote the letter back in 1536, Francesco Lapi, he was describing an amphora of wine, but rather than use the word amphora, he used the at symbol. And as that, like you're saying, as far as anybody can tell, that's it. That's the first use of that ever. And then the fact that um, in Spain that this was the same thing as amphora, it shows that since we know that amphora and uh, Aroba or became interchangeable, then that we know that aroba is the oldest known descriptor of what we call the at symbol here in the states. That's right. And then here in the states, and we're getting to how it became like a Twitter handle. Yeah, just wait, everybody. We'll get to it in part three of this episode. <laughs> this is sort of a long one for a shorty, but that's all right. Um, it's okay. Here in the states, it became known as just shorthand for at the rate of something. So if you mm-hmm. were uh, if you worked at a warehouse or whatever and you were filling out your order form, you would say, I need 100 tons of, of whatever at this price per ton, and you would use that little at symbol. And right, that's... They'll say, nice try. We'll be telling you what <laughs> price you're going to be paying. Uh, and that's sort of the way it was used in America in our commerce. It was just like, this is at the rate of this, and that's what this little symbol means. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, that's basically what it's always meant in English, at least, or in the United States. Um, and it still is used that yeah, way. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, we never used it to equate 
amphorae or any kind of unit of measurement. It was just, like you said, at the rate of. Um, but we typically tend to think of the at symbol as a, as a keyboard key, but it didn't make it onto keyboards, as at least in the form of typewriters, until I think the, around the turn of the 19th century. And, and typewriters have been around for a while before then, but they were not like the kind of keyboards that we understand now. They only had the letters or the numbers two through nine on them, all of the letters of the alphabet. So but they cute. didn't have any room for any kind of fancy at symbol or anything like that. Yeah, the the dollar sign and the at symbol uh, came about, like you said, the end of the 19th century. Mm -hmm. And then in the 1950s, the at sign was made or was added to the binary code decimal interchange code, the BCDIC, (laughs) which were these 48 characters that were printed on those punch cards, those early computer punch cards. Yeah, they used the word code twice in that. I know, binary coded decimal interchange code. (laughs) <laughs> so, um, so at kind of made its entree into computing all the way back in the 50s. And then by 1961, IBM used it in its programming code uh, in its one of its early supercomputers, the Stretch. Um, so from that moment on, the at sign has always kind of been there hanging around. But it wasn't until 1971 when a guy named Ray Tomlinson, who was working um, with the Advanced Research Project Agency's first stab at what would become the Internet, ARPANET, that it became um, the the symbol that we know and love today, which is the thing, the fulcrum that an email address moves up and down on. Oh, man. I love that word. Up and down on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> on? <laughs> fulcrum. Fulcrum is pretty great. So great. So his job there was to write programs uh, that were going to run on this ARPANET network. And he was connecting 19 computers in 1971. And the the electronic mail at the time was ba- – it was very cute. It was basically a message that you could save on a computer and then opened later by a different person but on that same computer. No one was sending anything at the time. It was like a digital post-it, basically. Yeah, exactly. It, it would have probably been more efficient to just leave a post-it. <laughs> it was, but they were trying to electrify or, I guess, digitize everything. Right. It's electrifying. <laughs> so he said, you know what? What would be really cool is if I could take this little digital post-it note mm-hmm. and actually send it across the room to that computer that I'm connected to how can I do this? So, yeah, he figured out that there was a, a, a I don't know if an easy way to do it is the right way to put it, but one of the things that he had to to establish was how to identify one computer from another as far as, you know, the, the protocol was concerned. And so he came up with email addresses, basically, what we would call email addresses today. Um, and the, he inserted the at symbol basically for a couple of reasons. One... It already made sense as at because it was at the rate of. So at's right there in the in the thing the symbol stands for. Mm-hmm. So it's not like some big stretch of the imagination when you see that. Yeah, he just meant this this computer to go to that one at at that one over yeah, there. Yeah, or this user at this computer, yeah, exactly. something like that. And so um, the other thing was that it hadn't really been used in any of the coding language that ARPANET was was based on. So it was kind of like a free symbol just hanging out there and. That's how at got drafted into becoming one of the most most used symbols in computer programming today. Yeah, he sent that very first test message to um, 
what we think is the very first email address, Tomlinson at BBN dash Tenexa. Full stop. <laughs> right. You're waiting for dot something, but. Right, dot EU. Yeah, they didn't need it at the time, I guess. No. Uh, so that's it. I mean, that's how the ad symbol became so great. So, so great. Love it. Uh, and I guess since Chuck said love it, that's it for short stuff, which means short stuff is out. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Oh,